Yeah. And and my worries are are kind of at a minimal right now because by design, mm-hmm. on a conscious, intentional effort, on a, uh, you know, you and I have have shifted things around, and it's, yeah. um, you know, I kind of feel like I found religion. I found, you know, like I, I I found religion, and you know, I want everybody to get the good news. Like, like, dude, <laughs> you're like, gonna be coming to you know I mean? yeah, no, You've got you a trick camp. Dude, I've got, yeah, no, it's like minimalism. It's like the new religion right there. Hit record. Sounds good. Yeah, I think I think your plan's good because I I want to I, I definitely want to talk to you about your experience with mass transit during yeah. this experience. That's 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 frontline stuff, man. Yeah, it's it's been interesting, but let's uh, let's tap into the nomad first. Uh, after you get a spoonful of Chobani in your mouth, there. oh, dude, I got this this uh, coconut stuff. Yeah, that, yeah, that feels that feels so good on your stomach because coconut is a natural um, like like a good probiotic and it takes, it just flushes out any of the bad bacteria in your stomach. And, you know, I've been on that kick of eating better and uh, just kind of discovering better foods. And it's, it's like amazing when your stomach doesn't feel upset. Like there's no, I don't, I'm not, I don't have any anxiety or anything. Yeah. I'm on the other, I'm on the other plan of, uh, I want to see how far I can push my stomach with, uh, Fudge covered Oreos. And You're doing ram- Rambo training for your gastrointestinal tract. I am. I am. I'm making sure that uh, I have regular flow through my colon. You know, with uh, nice. yeah, I I want to see what kind of uh, what kind of beating it can take before. <laughs> it, but but uh, here's the question: Is does the Chobani? You got some? There's sugar in that, ain't there? Mm. They have low sugar ones now. No sugar or low sugar low sugar and, and like a little bit of sugar is okay it's not it's, it's like you know the 29 grams per serving is like like the soda stuff you don't want to do that right. but they say like like the, like the chobani and stuff like this like this has let's see six grams of sugar yeah awesome, yeah you're gonna be a fatty like in the next hour <laughs> dude, <laughs> dude, dude compared to what i used to eat this is insanely healthy <laughs> uh yeah and why don't why don't we uh we should probably show the the audience the uh, the empty six pack of donuts that you were showing me before. Oh I, yeah, I know. Let's see here. <laughs> <Ta-da>. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, and you, and you know, it's a lie that I always tell myself. I went to the grocery store yesterday and I got like avocados and I got and I got spinach and I got uh, some bell peppers and I got some really good stuff to make salads. <laughs> and then I got some more smoked ham because I really like that smoked ham that. Uh, can't remember what what brand it is, but anyway, <clears throat> I saw those donuts, and I thought, oh, there's six of them. I can have one per day for the next six days. Yeah, and I always right. and I I always tell myself this, and then it's like I got back to the hotel room. I had I had like a bite of one. I'm like, oh, that's pretty good because I was gonna wait till tomorrow morning, and that just sets it off, you know. Oh, and dude, then, it's it's like booze, yeah. you know. Oh, it's like, dude. oh, I'll just have one beer. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah. You know, and then it's like eight beers later, and you're like, "Oh, this is the best thing ever." <laughs> yeah, I'm the coolest person alive. Yeah. And then, uh, but but you know, um, I woke up in the middle of the night. It was like two o'clock in the morning. There was one donut left, and I took advantage of that time. So, <laughs> and then and then after that, I couldn't really sleep. I mean, I had six donuts in me, and I hadn't had sugar in a while. 
So yeah. I was just like amped, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I've been up, I've been up all night nice. due to my sugar addiction. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I think I'm on day two or three without sugar. I'm, I'm it trying sucks. to get back it on. A little bit. Oh, it's so hard. It, it's really, <laughs> it's really hard. It's crazy how much your body craves that stuff. Cause that's what I noticed the first week. And then after the first week, it just kind of went away. But that first week I'm like, damn, this is like, uh, it's like addictions level, you know, no, like I totally, you're, you're just yearning for it. And I'm uh, just like, good God, no, sugar does this to me. I didn't even know. There's no doubt. Yeah, no, it's total addiction for me. And then I, you know, I no longer drink or, or do any of that stuff anymore. So it's, it's like my only vice at this point mm-hmm. where I'm like, I don't even, I don't even try to fool myself. Like if I'm buying a package of fudge Oreo cookies, uh, fudge covered Oreo cookies. I don't even fool my, like the whole thing is going down. It's like once that, <laughs> once it's open, it's all going down the hopper. Like I don't even try to kid myself. It's like, it's like C- C- Craig's night in party, party of one. At the yeah. house. <laughs> getting, getting naughty with fudge covered Oreos. That's, oh God. that's well, what that's have we been my, reduced to my, during the coronavirus? <laughs> that's my YouTube live stream right there. Like Craig getting naughty with fudge covered Oreos. You're like, you're like dipping them in milk and different, different drinks and stuff. And oh, yeah. different things. I'm rubbing. Like, I, I, I'm taking off my clothes. I'm just getting all comfortable. I've got like, and that's, and that's when everybody, that's when everybody stopped watching. And then, and then all of a sudden my subscriber list, like just dropped out. We wonder, we wonder why you're the one with 70,000 subscribers. And I'm, I'm left with the 16 pervs that are, that are all good when watching me. You're like, I get the weirdest comments on my channel. (laughs) But Hey, I like hanging out with people that can understand me. Right on. Well, let's get into coronavirus stuff. Cause it's definitely, I know it's it's gotten worse than I thought it would. You know, like when it first came out, I thought it was similar to like the other flu uh, things like, like SARS or MRSA virus or whatever, whatever the other ones were that, that it would be, kind of short lived and it yeah. and it wouldn't it wouldn't have a stranglehold on society like it has been not only here in the states but worldwide you know and and to, and to see the charts of like you know like here's the first day and then the second day and then the third day and then the fourth day and the fifth day like oh, that's yeah. that's kind of the alarming thing good news is is I did read today that it seems as though some of the countries that started showing signs initially before other ones they're already starting to have their bell curve come down a little bit yeah and yeah. so that's good, you know, but you don't want it to be because of all the social distancing. And then if they ease those restrictions, then it spikes again, because that's what happened with the influenza. Yeah. So I was researching the influenza stuff last night and kind of seeing how that would relate to today's epidemic, because it's it's different. I, ne- I never thought I'd see the states to where, you know, we'd have travel restrictions and people would be told to stay at home. And, you know, there'd be the threat of a police state possibility. I never thought I'd see that. Yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm not surprised that we're here. I mean, in, in this, in this place. And I, I was actually reading up on it in January. I I started reading up on it pretty early. Um, and I, I was talking about it with my sister, who's a doctor, a surgeon, and we were, we were going back and forth as to, the challenge it was going to pose to the healthcare system and and her as a doctor, she's like, we're really not prepped for this on a staffing level, nor on a, on an equipment level. And 
but all that said, I mean, I, 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 there was no way that I could imagine what we're experiencing right now, as far as the stay at home orders and, you know, essentially the, 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 the lockdown of all retail, the, the retail economy, you know, and the tourist economy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, yeah, I yeah, had no and, idea. And, and, what, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that the whole service industry is gone. I know. No, it's really, um, <clears throat> it's definitely a trip. But it's, it's really, it's in a in a lot of ways. It's I find it kind of fascinating because, um, you know, the way that you and I backed off of the conventional way of life, you know, in, in five years ago, five plus years ago now, and have kind of reinvented a an unconventional approach, I, my experience is that we're, there, there is some kind of preparation that we've gone through, it, that I've gone through that gives me a little bit of, of calm and sanity in experiencing all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, that, I mean, I'm, it's, it's different than like a prepper zombie vibe you know, kind of thing, but it's, um, you know, the, the, what, you know, to, to kind of cut to the punchline of what I think that this podcast episode is going to be like, um, is going to be about my takeaway is that we're, we're watching, it's not so much that capitalism is failing. It's, it's more about the consumerist. It's the consumerism that Mm -hmm. is, I see is, is breaking down and, and we're mm-hmm. seeing that they can't be about endless consumption um, yeah. just because we're so mm-hmm. vulnerable to a situation like this when everything is founded on consumption. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, let's, let's lead up to that idea. Cause I, let's, let's kind of take the audience through our own experience in kind of seeing the, the writing on the wall for, for this, this pandemic arising, you know, the, there was that one night a few weeks ago where Trump went into the Oval Office and had that very awkward, um, a very unlike Trump um, Oval Office address to the country. And I, I, I was actually worried about you. I think you were in San, um, you were in, in, um, you were in the Valley, the, um, over by Sawatch mm-hmm. and, um, I remember texting you and being like, dude, like Tom Hanks just got the coronavirus. Trump is going to be um, he's going to be addressing the the country. Like, are you paying attention to this? And, you know, your you, your response, if I recall, you were like, oh, I've just been making videos, having a good time, you know, making camp. And like, no, I really don't know what's going on. I'm like, dude plug in for a little bit and then yeah i remember remember you told me that and i was like oh shit (laughs) yeah so i mean yeah like let's let's tap into your experience so what Uh, you're you're out there in in san luis valley and you know doing your nomad thing doing your backcountry thing like take us from that to that moment of realization like holy shit this is actually going down like what like like walk us through that well, I, you know, as, as you said, I, I wasn't really plugged in and I wasn't paying attention to the news at all. I mean, all I was doing was having fun back there. I was working with that stove that I installed in the awning room. So that was taking up all of my time. 
and it was great to dial that in and really make it comfortable for cold weather. Cause I got, I had one evening out there where it got down to 15 degrees, but it was still warm inside the, was inside the awning room. And so I was just kind of focused on that and I wasn't paying attention to the news at all, but I did notice. But you, and was, you, but you were cranking out. I mean, but you, you oh, were like dude. on the up, you were cranking out videos. Your uh, like YouTube channel was exploding. I mean, you mm-hmm. were, you were 20, riding 000, the wave. Yeah. I got 20,000 subscribers in January and February. That is nuts. I mean, yeah, I had between those two months, it was 3.5 million views. That is so it was crazy. And and you had, and, and if I recall, your your mindset was like, all right, I can actually, I can actually tread water and get ahead by focusing mm-hmm. strictly on content development in YouTube. And your numbers were going through the roof, both on subscriber and your your income from that. I mean, I just yeah. remember you being on cloud nine. Mm-hmm. But at the and same time, an, and it's continued. It's awesome. It's like, I've, I've just continued riding that way, but just, it's like, there's a new baseline of commission that comes in daily from YouTube. And I, I've got, I'm thankful that, you know, since I invested so much time in this channel, initially when I just started, it was just for fun, but now it's like, it's great during this, during this pandemic, I'm still getting paid. Yeah. Like, like, you know, like that's, a, that's a, that's a lifesaver, especially what's going on now because I'm traveling around so much trying to bounce to different areas to make sure I'm compliant with whatever closures are in place. Cause I keep running into that out here. Right. And you know, so it's like, I need extra money. So that's a huge cushion that I have right now in the bank. And like the next payment that comes on the 21st, that'll be great. Patreon's way up. And I, and I did tell my Patreon subscribers, I was like, Hey, if you, if you, uh, uh, or, or I'm going to post it up there for everybody to see. I've, I've told a couple of them. If anybody needs to hold off during this time, that's that's fine. Yeah. You know, like don't, don't don't feel like you have to keep it going. I mean, like even ten bucks, you know, a month might be the difference of getting that extra groceries or whatever it may be. You know, because totally. a lot of a lot of people are going to be really on the line, and some people already passed it. You know, the people that yeah. are going to pay check So, but yeah, well, it's crazy. It- like. What so what yeah, so you you know, you and I touched base that one night that that mm-hmm. Trump gave the Oval Office speech. So yeah, what and, was and the, what was the next few days like for you? Honestly, I didn't even look at it. I mean, I was like, oh, that's that's crazy. And then I I didn't think about it and I was going back to content because I kept because it was like snowing and it was tons of fun out there, and I was having a blast with the GoPro. That GoPro is working out great. And um then when I went into town. That's when I realized I was like, huh, things are a little, little bit more serious than I anticipated. Cause I went into town a week later and everything was closed. Mm-hmm. Cause I went to this one place. They, this one place has the best breakfast burrito on the planet. And I was like, all right, I'll break my diet. I'll go in there and eat that breakfast burrito. It's the size of a little pig. It's about this big. It'll <laughs> keep you fed for about four days. And it's awesome. And, uh, and it's incredible. And I went up there and I was like, and this gal met me at the door. She's like, hey, what can I do for you? I was like, oh, I'm just going to come grab a burrito. She's like, well, I can take your order here. And I was like, uh, well, I got, is it cool if I sit down? And she was like, well, you can't come inside. And I was like, what's going on? And she's, she, and then she told me, she's like, well, the coronavirus, this, that. She's like, don't you know about it? I'm like, no, nah, I've been camping for like the last, last, I, I just say like a couple months, you know, I don't say like, oh, I've been camping for five years. Right, <laughs> said, right, right. I've been, I've been camping the past couple months. What's been going on? I haven't been paying attention. And then she, then she filled me in and I was like, oh, then I got online and I read all the stuff from the governor, started reading more cases about how New York was blowing up, how Italy was having all those problems and Spain, lots of places in the, in the UK. And then I, then I realized, I'm like, you know, what I need to do is I need to go to a place that has the least amount of people and the least amount of traffic and just hunker down there. So I was in the Valley and I wanted to go over to Southeast Utah and I was waiting for a battery to show up. Well, about the time the battery was supposed to arrive, 
things started to get all wonky with the postal service and all the carriers because everything started to go haywire with the shipping. And so the gal that said she would watch for my package at the post office there was not there when the package came in. And the other gal was the postmaster and said it, she couldn't read it right because it, like everything was in Chinese because it came from China. But I told this gal it was coming from China, but she didn't, the other gal didn't understand it. I guess they didn't talk. So she sent it back. And then I was like, well, crap, let me, let me get it again. That was two weeks ago. I still haven't been able to get the battery delivered. Like it'll come to one location. That location will be closed. They'll send it back. Then the person will send it to another location that will be open when the, at the time when we send it, by the time it gets there, it's closed. It has to be sent back. I've dealt with seven packages now over the past month that haven't been delivered or continually try to be redelivered. And I keep trying to contact Amazon saying, Hey, let's just cancel this. So finally I was able to get there and cancel a lot of those orders and resend them to Arizona, which is where I'll be headed probably on Wednesday. So yeah. I'm supposed to get the battery tomorrow. I have it being sent to a friend's address in Durango. So I left Southeast Utah because San Juan County, the entire county was shut down. And what they what they said was the only people that can camp out there are only the residents of San Juan County and you have to show proof of it. Now, the rest of Utah, from what I understand, I don't think the rest of Utah is on lockdown and stay at home yet. But San Juan County did that because of the Moab crowd that comes out this time of year is so massive. There's so many people that come there. They had to shut it down and basically say, hey, this area isn't available this time of year because it's a huge convergence this time of year. Yeah. So I, I understand why they did that. And also, too, it's a buffer between Colorado. Everybody would be coming through the Four Corners area, coming into Utah. But Utah doesn't have that many cases. Colorado's got a ton of them. Yeah. And so, you know, it's like that's where I feel like I'm a target if I go to another state and the state starts getting more and more clamped on lockdowns. Because like Arizona just said, hey, we're going to shut down, you know, uh, the, the or, or stay-at-home order. But if you can get out and recreate, please do just stay, have social distancing. Well, that's good for now. But what's that look like in seven days if the – infection rate keeps going up in that state it's just going to continue to get clamped down more and more and so what i'm finding is i almost feel like the american west has turned into a a a conglomerate of private land parcels and then there's a few public land parcels here and there that are still available to camp and i feel like the west has become the east wow yeah during this thing because it's like you go to some area and you feel like i'm a target out here i can't stay here if they roll up on me i have to leave i could get i could get a cited a you know a citation or you know a ticket in San Juan County and Southeast Utah, they're going to start dishing them out next week. So wow. give out of state tags and you're there camping, it's a fine. And, you, and, you're, and they're doing it. And they, they're going to be out in full force. So, That's pretty and nuts. They, and they said, for now, we won't have any um, road, road stops for now, which leaves the option open for the future, obviously. Sure. So it's just like, now wait a minute. Um, okay, it's a virus. Okay, I understand that, that there are people that are being ill and stuff like that. But you're going to tell people that have lived free their entire lives that all their freedoms are now are going to be taken away in a, in a short amount of time. People have a hard time dealing with that. And so I, that's where a lot of the uncertainty comes from. You see the rush for the buy for firearms. You know, people are buying water. They're buying different things because they don't know what the future holds. And they don't, no one's ever been in this predicament in the United States that's been a, that, that's alive right now. Maybe it's happened in the past, but you know what I mean? Yeah. So – so it's just an unsettling time. And for me, it's, it's, I feel good because I'm mobile so I can go. So I can say, okay, well, this, this site, this place no longer works. I can go here. The problem is, is that those places, I mean, I got to Utah on Thursday, went and camped up out of cell range, got back into cell range on, on Sunday and found out that Friday they said no more camping. So like I had right. been there a day. So like, do I go to Arizona and then a day later that could shut down too? Like those are the concerns that I'm thinking about, which is fine if it is, but it's just, you know, bouncing around. And then I've got that final, 
um, backup if I need a place to go to go to Brad's place over in Lake Havasu. Right. So I've been contacting him and staying in touch with him. But, you know, I think that what this does is I've had a lot of people message me and ask me, like, what should I do? And I was like, well, just stay put for now because you're not going to be able to get everything to your rig to build it out to be the way you want to go out and be able to live out here. Right. It's taken me five years to dial it in. Same with you with yours, you know, to have your power, your water, your, your, your food storage, your sleeping, all of that can find a tiny little truck and then make it to where, you know, it's fully functional and you know exactly how to operate. You can, you can move on the go. You can't do that in a week. Right. Yeah, you have to no, live this way for a while. And yeah, that's, that's what I'm people. Yeah. But I was like, hey, start building now and practice for the next time this happens because it's probably, it'll probably happen again. Maybe right. not a virus, but, but something else to where, you know, you want to kind of get out and away from people a little bit. And plus, too, it's nice to have a vehicle just to go out and do what we do. But, what? But, 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 but to me, it's made me realize the flaws in my setup. So that's why I've got that bigger battery coming, the 101 amp hour mm. battery instead of the 24 amp hour, you know, solar panels for my roof rack. You know, I've got the high volume water purifier. I've got everything else. I just needed that power. Right. So. No, I, I know that that's, that's, and that, that's why I've got my, you know, second battery and, mm-hmm. and you get, you have the best setup because, because mine, I mean like the, the it's a great battery, but under 27 degrees lithium ion starts. Yeah, work. no, it's, it's, um, it's problematic. What have your, have you had, have you had any conversations with other nomads and, um, public land, like managers, like rangers and, you know, other officials, like what, what's been your one-on-one conversations like as you're kind of bouncing around trying to figure out what the heck's going on? Like, are they, are, uh, yeah. Honestly, I haven't seen anybody since like January 20, 20th ish. <laughs> well, you and I had lunch. We, we had, we had yeah yeah but i haven't really seen anybody since then and that's that's actually the last person that i actually saw at camp was a was a colorado parks and wildlife guy and he was asking me if i was mountain lion hunting over on the eastern side of the valley and since then i haven't seen any rangers i haven't seen anybody like i haven't seen i haven't seen anybody rolling around i haven't seen law enforcement out there like u.s forest service or blm i haven't seen anybody and it's weird when i when i would drive by any of the any of the ranger districts i'd notice like a bare bones skeleton crew so i don't know if they're I mean, it's wintertime up here, so there's not that many people on staff. So a lot of the seasonals aren't there. But I think that, I mean, I think they're hunkering down too because there's nobody back in there. Yeah. You know, like back in those back in those areas to camp, I'm not seeing anybody. And, and they were saying that, you know, people were saying like I was reading in the paper and stuff, well, like Southeast Utah's packed. And maybe it was a couple of weeks ago, but there wasn't any, there was no one there when I was there. Mm. You know? So, which is, which is great. And, and so I ran into another guy who was from Arizona. He lives full time in his truck. He was an older gentleman. And he just said that, that he's just kind of staying on the go. He's like movement, you know, movement is life. That's that quote out of the world war Z with Brad Pitt, but um, movement is life. And that's what he's like, that's what I equated to during these times. And he's a Vietnam veteran. He's like, he's like, this is kind of fun. This is like moving around and being on the go without people shooting at you. I was like, (laughs) That's, let's keep let's, let's keep it that way yeah no 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 i i, I think that there's there's some wisdom in that um yeah yeah you know, I, it, it has been fun though to just to kind of test out my systems and see like okay i'm doing this more than just recreational now i'm i'm technically bugging out like what how, how's it going you know how, how right. am i doing with stuff so it's it's been fun to test those systems and i've found flaws so yeah well I, and i yeah i don't 
I, this is great training. I, I think like just in, in a nutshell for everybody, I think it's great training. My, my sense is that um, as bad as this is and, and as, as it might get, if you, if you look at the, if you look at the fatality rate, it's nothing compared to what it could be, you know, like if, if something comes down the pipeline that has just as high an infection rate, but the death rate is, you know, 10%, 20%, 40%, 50%. I mean, that's, that's going to be bonkers. And I, and I think yeah. that there's a realistic chance that, it's going to happen. I mean, I'm not a doomsdayer, um, but I, my sense is that this is a, a, a really big wake up call for everybody from federal government to state, to local, to mm. healthcare systems, to the economy. I mean, yeah. I think it's just a, it's a wake up call of our vulnerabilities. And uh, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I, I think the average American is going, okay, I'm not, I'm not nearly, as well prepared to even weather a few days of lockdown, let alone months or, right. or year or years. And so I think people are, I, I honestly feel that some people will get it through this ordeal and they'll say, okay, I need to change the way that I've been living and possibly make sure that I'm prepared for another incident that comes to light. Cause I wasn't prepared this go around. And then you have people that be like, cool, everything's back to normal. And they'll just go right back to the same old shit. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I mean, just to give a, a, a quick recap of my experience of um, of being in you know the Gunnison Valley, it was it was interesting because um, I started to experience it. We started to experience the the pain on the early side because people started canceling trips to Telluride and to Crested Butte, um, like massive transportation contracts were being severed and the company that i worked for was like holy crap this is a big deal we need to start getting proactive about this and um making it known that it's safe to be here and it's safe to be transported by us so we were you know, doing extra levels of detailing on our um, on our vehicle fleet and communicating that to passengers. And so this is in, you know, late February that my company was responding and and just doing its best to be like, okay, big contracts are getting shut down. We need to be proactive and let people know it's safe to come here and be transported by us. And then, um, and then it, it I, I can't remember exactly, I think it happened before, it was happening within the week that Trump gave that Oval Office talk, where the local government here, um, on the county level, they started making decisions to go into social distancing. So before, before it got really popular and really um, active everywhere else. I, I actually think Gunnison Valley was an early um, was an early trendsetter on that. So they, yeah, you guys, yeah. you 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 were the first one that told me about it. Yeah, so we I remember yeah. you 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 were like, yeah, we got to do this thing where we kind of got to stay away from people and stuff. And, yeah, and, and, then, so they, and then and then like the spacing on the bus and stuff. And I thought, oh, that's yeah, that's, that's so a they, good precaution. But I was like, wow, you guys are ahead of the curve. <laughs> they, I mean, the the first step was implementing. So, 
you know, we've got those big um, Greyhound style motor coaches. So the first action was to prevent people from sitting ex- in next to each other. So everybody got a two seater and then it moved into um, only 10 passengers on the bus. And then it, it oh. moved into only nine passengers on the bus. And so gun and then Gunnison Valley, they, they shut down. Um, they, they only allowed like 25 people in the restaurant and then they clamped down further on that. And the ski mountain was still open. And a couple of days after that, the ski mountain shut down. And so it was just this cascading effect that, that snowballed through the valley of shutting things down, like the mountain express, um, they shut down. Um, they're no longer operating up um, uh, at Crested Butte. Um, it's only the RTA that's going up and down. And most recently, the bus tank has actually been shut down. You know, so my my Denver round trips um, and statewide, they're no longer doing busing. So it's been it's it's definitely been um, alarming um, and jarring the the steps. But I on the other side. Because Gunnison was such an early adapter to this way of life, it almost feels normal to me at this point. And also, I'm I'm a little bit of a loner anyway, so like I'm not I'm not going out there and yucking it up with everybody. And this kind of like connects to you know the the transition that you and I have made. You know, generally speaking, with lifestyle, where I'm I'm really not that uncomfortable with how things are settling down and how quiet it is. I don't, I, I, that doesn't mean like, I, I think that this is a good thing. I mean, I, I think that the, the economic hardship is awful. I think that, that any health concerns are awful, but I have to admit that I, I actually resonate with things getting quieter and, and things not being as, as hectic and, and things like life in general, seems to be becoming more introverted and, and yeah, that's, that happened here in, in Gunnison. But, you know, my, my, my company is definitely struggling. Everybody's company is definitely struggling. Um, and I, you know, the, the rest of this conversation, I feel like it, we should be talking about it. So what, what is, what's the best way to shift to a new way of living that still allows the benefits of societal engagement, but leaves us less vulnerable, you know, to this type of scenario. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I said, in the beginning of, of this conversation, my, my overall sense is that we, it's important to, reduce our consumerism so if we if we can reduce our consumerism our our throwaway culture our um you know if you look at the way the public markets are set up they're all geared toward quarterly earnings and Mm -hmm. quick returns um all of our supply chains are designed around um you know just in time inventory and that causes a lot of problems. And so it's, yeah, those, those are kind of my thoughts as to some of the, yeah. yeah. Anyway, what, what well, are your thoughts? A, I think, I think it's, I think all this is exposing the cracks in the system real quick, as far as here's where the strengths are. And then here's where the glaring weaknesses are. 
you know, same, same thing about what I'm experiencing out here, how I can find the weaknesses in my setup when the situation is real and it's happening. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and it's constantly changing. That's the hard thing to keep up with is like, you know, with not having connectivity very much, I could be away for two days and come back and everything can be shut down. And I wouldn't even know. And, and, uh, that's, that, that's the unsettling thing for me is just figuring out where to go. But, but, um, you know, the, I hope the lessons learned from this are from the, from the, from the average person standpoint is, you know, save up a little bit of a nest egg. They say on average, have three months of your life of, of your monthly expenditures on hand in case there is ever an incident that comes on, you know, maybe like a downsizing. Maybe this is a great time for people to look at all the stuff they have that's been stressing them out, that they know they have to pay for during this endeavor with no income coming in. And I say, you know what? I don't need this shit. I'm going to downsize and I'm going to get into a smaller place and I'm going to have less things. And that way, if a situation like this happens again, because there's going to be a, a, there's going to be another financial downturn, whether it's caused by a virus or an economic crash or whatever. It happens like every seven to ten years, and so that's the way it's happened in my life for the economic crashes. And so, I think that you know when I went through the one in 2007, it was kind of similar. Now it was a huge wake up call for everybody. Going, man, everybody was riding high, everything was fine, and one day it literally turned off. Right. You know, and so many people lost their lost all everything. I, I was one of them. I lost all my savings, lost everything through that, and. Uh, after that, that's what set me on this path. And now I'm fine during this, you know? And so it's like, I learned from that lesson and it's a tough lesson to go through. And it was really hard for people, especially at the time when I went through it, I kind of identified myself with what I owned because I didn't believe in what I was doing. So I was like, well, look at all these cool things I can buy because like I'm working hard. And when all that's taken away, then all of a sudden your identity is taken away that you've propped up for yourself. And that's difficult to deal with. And, uh, but you know, you get through that and you realize that you just don't need that stuff. I never thought that I would be sleeping comfortably in a five foot truck bed ever. <laughs> you know, I always had to get like the big, I had like a $4,000 bed when I was in the corporate world. I still couldn't sleep on the thing. Cause I was just, it wasn't, I just, what that wasn't the right lifestyle for me. Yeah. I got out here and I realized I'm like, I don't need all that stuff. And I'm actually so much happier without it. And that's what I think a lot of people may, not a lot of people, but maybe some people may get that insight from this and just realize, look around and go, I don't need to spend money on all this stuff. I need to, I need to invest my time in, in myself and my and those around me that care about me, I need to invest time and and and, and resources in um, uh, like uh, some backup systems in case the main systems fail. You know, how are you going to generate power? How are you going to how are you going to purify water? How are you going to get food? How are you going to keep it cold? All that stuff, and go from there. But it's I think I think after this we're going to see a big movement towards some sort of survival kind of thing. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if a bunch of companies pop up that are survival theme companies and stuff like that, at least right out of the gate after this. Happens. Right. Yeah. I guess it's, um, I don't think it's realistic that, you know, everybody makes as dramatic a shift as, as you and I have to, mm-hmm. you know, get that minimalist and, you know, there's a lot of people out there with families and what have you, and mm-hmm. it's just not a practical um, avenue for them to, to pursue. But I, I really, I, I, I liked your, you, a little bit earlier, you, you made a comment about, you know, there's, there's an adaptability and flexibility mindset that we've developed over the last five years that really allows us to, to take all of this in stride and just it, like, this is just, this is just what happens, right? Like it, your, 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 your campsite gets rained out, you know, the, 
BLM people come in and say, you got to move, you know, the, the, the weather becomes extreme. You got to move your, you know, that there's, there's regular things that need immediate action and um, immediate adapting to. And mm-hmm. so there, there is, we've, we've gone through a training to be well prepared to have a good mindset for this. Um, I agree. But I, I do think that, I mean, I, the, the broader question is, you know, what, what does everybody else do? Like, is there a, what, what are some, so if, if everybody can't, you know, obviously everybody can't move into their truck. Like we've, we have, everybody can't mm-hmm. move into, you know, have everything fit into their truck. Like we have mm-hmm. what, how then are things designed, you know, and how do you, how does the economy shift? You know, how does well, it, well, and, I, I, I think it's a value. I think it's a shift in values. I would think. Yeah. Like, you yeah. Know, from a, from, from a personal level, you'd Got say, it. okay, what do I, what do I value here? Do I value peace of mind knowing that if that situation comes again, I'm good. Or am I going to still, you know, live right to the edge and, and live paycheck to paycheck neither one of those people are wrong. It's just, what are you willing to put up with when the shit hits the fan? You know? And, and I think that's where you and I and other people in our, in our uh, mode of, of or living this way, we got fed up a long time ago with the system and said, you know what? Fuck you system. I'm done with this shit. I'm going to go out here and buck society a little bit. I'm going to figure out a way to live in my truck free, doing what I want, not spending my time in an office, having, you know, majority of my life spent at an office. I don't want to do that. I'm going to go do something else and minimize all my expenses and figure it out. And along the way, everybody figures it out. If you spend enough time out here, everybody, everybody gets it. Now that's not to say that somebody in the city can't experience the same thing. It's just, they would just downsize differently. I would think, you know, you'd say, okay, instead of being in a 4,000 square foot house for four people, you probably don't need that much space. You can do it in a 2000 square foot house, cut your expenses, you know, stuff like that. And I think too, you know, right now is not the time to make those big financial decisions with the market being so screwed up, but at least it gives you food for thought that when everything is okay. And if you're in a spot to make a change, then you may have a good reason to do so after going through an experience like this. You know, I, I, it's amazing that you, you referenced, um, values as the filter that, that, um, needs to be looked at. Um, cause I, it's, I don't know if you saw um, our, our our Facebook page, not the group, but the page. Someone someone posted on the Nomad Ramblings Conversations from the Road page today, and they they're they're working their way through our podcasts, and they they listened to the one where um, it was um, you know boycottbackcountry.com, oh, um, yeah. that that one, and he he was he was talking about how his. I think it was his wife that, you know, viewed the problem as capitalism. So capitalism is evil. Capitalism is bad. And, and, um, he, he also referenced Cabela's, you know, cause you and I have had issues with Cabela's and, yeah. you know, I, on my own social media feeds, um, and just generally speaking there, capitalism seems to be, the scapegoat for so much this these days and i i think that there's there's certainly an argument to be made that the way the system works right now is jacked up and and i don't think that that can be argued with you've got 
you've got healthcare problems. You know, we we've we've got um, you know we're we're approaching we're we're looking at bailing out the economy once again, and and there's mm-hmm. you know weird sections of the economy and in sections or in industries that get special treatment and what have you, and so I think it's it's easy to be upset and it's right to be upset, um, but I'm not sure that capitalism is is the enemy. I, I see capitalism as a tool. It's, it's like capitalism is agnostic. It's neither good nor bad. Right, it's, how, it's how it's used. But what, what came to me earlier and, and why I connected to what you just said um, uh, a little bit ago, it's ca- the, the way that capitalism works, the way the society works is a reflection of our values. Mm-hmm. So if capitalism is primarily being used to support the value of consuming consumption if capitalism and, and, and convenience well convenience and, yeah. and and quick returns mm-hmm. you know so like got have it right now right it, so my sense is that it, okay like yeah we can have a discussion whether capitalism socialism communism like I, I can have a conversation about any of those systems and I can have a reasonable one, but I, I think that the root cause really comes down to the values. I and agree. so, you know, you look at, at really what you and I did and have done over the past five years is we've shifted our values. Mm-hmm. We've shifted our values to like less is more. And we've, we've shifted our values to, um, you know, being nimble and adaptable and, mm-hmm. um, and accommodating and uh, allowing ourselves to just let go and walk away of a situation that whether it's physically uncomfortable or, you know, whether it's socially uncomfortable, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, like peace out. I'm, I'm done. I don't need to fight. Yep. I don't need to pull out guns. I don't need yeah. to like go mm-hmm. and make war with people. I am just, I'm going to, I'm going to pick up my stuff and I'm going to go somewhere else and I'm going to make do. And I really think that that comes down to a conscious evaluation and identification of, of values. Um, Mm -hmm. And if that can be done on a societal level, I think that that capitalism or any other, you know, mix of, you know, governmental system can work, but it, it really does come down to values. Yeah, it comes down to the person for sure. Because you can take you can take any corporation because you know that I say like corporations don't have a conscience, but I guess you can have a conscientious corporation if it's full of people that are in, intend to do good. You know, like like there's companies out there like BioLite. Like those people are awesome, man. They're doing great things with what they're doing. Now, I, I would yeah. never I would never say like oh that company is taking advantage of people because they're obviously not. I mean they invest so much money in third world countries and those emerging markets to bring power to those people, and they do it on their own dime. I mean who does that? <laughs> you know. Yeah. But then, I know. But, then, but then you have other companies like Nestle who's taking the drinking water from all the Californians. You're like come on. Right. No. And I think that the um, so again like it's like so how so where do we go from here? How do we how do we shift? How do we adapt? It's um how do we become more flexible as a society? How do we become more resilient as an economy? And I, um, you know, I look at, um, I, I certainly can't cite the legal case, but there, 
there has been legal, there have been legal decisions that have effectively equated a corporation to a human. Mm -hmm. And so they're granted the same rights. But the, the issue I see with that is that they don't share the same values. No, you know, they, they don't. And so how do we, I, I don't know the answers. All I know how to do at this point is, is ask the questions is how do we, how do we um, elevate the identification of the proper values and yeah. then apply the tools at this point? Well, I think the best way to do that would be just by leading by example and continue doing what we're doing. Cause like, I've never had so many questions about my lifestyle until now. Mm. You know, and like up to this point, I've even had people that have questioned me, like, oh, is Brian doing all right? And now it's like, oh, he's the smart one. It's like, right. oh, yeah, now, he, now, now you're catching up, you know, it's like, but, but, but at least the interest is there, which is great. And I think if somebody's taking the effort to at least reach out and message someone and say, hey, you know, what are you doing? And, and, you know, how, how would I start to kind of make, pare down stuff? At least they're thinking about it. You know, and that's the first step is thinking about, because I remember when I first started thinking about living this way, it took me two years before I took my first step in action to actually start downsizing. But I started thinking about it. I'm like, I wonder if I could do this full time. I wonder if I could be out here full time. And then I, I think if you want it bad enough, you know, if anybody wants something bad enough, they'll, they'll, they'll do what it takes to get it. And mm -hmm. we'll probably not do it. So I think, I think, I think the pain that somebody may feel during this time, if it's excruciatingly hard that's going to be more motivation for them to go out and, and do a real self-check because no one wants to go through hardship and no one planned for this. I mean, it just turned off one day. It was like economy's over for the, you know, everything's on pause and people weren't planning, weren't planning for it. Yeah. No I, I, it's interesting because my, my thought process, it, I start thinking about governing in governance. And I, I start thinking about like local government, state government, federal government, and your, the way that you respond to this challenge that we've got in front of us is you really, you bring it to the individual level, you know, and, and more of a grassroots kind of uh, um, effect, you know, where, where you and I can one-on-one -on -one engage and, and set an example for others. And so I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's, um, I don't want to get into the particulars of like what's happening. I, I so right, I'm not, I got to clarify my thoughts. So I, <laughs> yeah, I'm all over the place. So I, no, but it, it comes down to like, cause, cause what it really comes down to is I see, I, I see the action taking place from the federal government on down to just pour money at this thing, mm -hmm. right? So they're just a typical government response to anything, yeah. right? It's it's pouring money down down the pipeline, and so and in my my sense is that generally they want to bring things back to normal, right? So you. You repair the economy, you get the economy back on track, you repair the economy, like everybody can just get back to normal. But mm -hmm. my, my thought is that, no, we shouldn't go back to normal. We have to, we have to go to a completely new system. And I'm not anti-capitalist like we were just talking about. I'm not, um, you know, break down the system, mm -hmm. but I am 
Um, but maybe more like conscientious capitalism, if that's even a thing. Well, there but, but, was but, it, but you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, wasn't that, uh, I mean, that, that was Bush's thing, right? Uh, conscientious conservative. Wasn't that? Oh, was it? I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think that that was his. <laughs> Did um, you know me, man? I'm, I'm barely in, in touch with uh, yeah. politics. <laughs> no, I know. No, it's, it's, I'm like, who, who's in office? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Who's Bush? <laughs> um, no, but I guess I, you know, there, there's this enormous, there's this enormous toilet bowl of money that's being flushed and is going to like, yeah, two trillion was released. I'm, I'm, it sounds like that number, number is going to triple and quadruple as far as like what they're going to ultimately send out there. And so that just hamstrings the young man. Well, no. And it, it, and, and it, it brings everybody back to quote unquote normal. Like, like, yeah, yeah, we got to get back to normal. And so that's why, that's why my thoughts right now are, are kind of directed towards like, how, how do you, how do you govern your way? Because I do think that this is something that has to take place mm-hmm. on a government level as opposed to a free market level. And I, I don't, I don't know, but that's, I, I don't see how, I, I don't see I how the shift is possible. I mean, yeah. I don't see how this shift. And so, I mean, what does that, where does that leave us? Does that just leave us with this like nihilistic, you know, nothing matters, <laughs> you know, also like you and I always I got, think about the big Lebowski when I always think about nihilistic people. <laughs> right? I'm looking about nothing. <laughs> yeah, no, but I, I you know, I, I, I feel like I I feel like I have a purpose. Having made the transition, mm-hmm. I feel like I have a responsibility to, like you said, set an example for other people you know, to, to make that shift in thinking. I agree. And yeah. so, and so how do you do it? And I, maybe there's just impatience on my part with mm-hmm. your solution that, yeah, you just keep on setting the example and mm-hmm. trudge on and yada, yada, yada. I guess I just like, you know, like no, let, let no crisis go to waste. Right. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, well, the, and, I, I think, I think we just look at it just slightly different. That's all. I mean, you look at it from the, the 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 structural standpoint. I look at it from like you look at it from top down. I look at it from bottom up. Like I guess in the, at least in this scenario, it sounds like that's kind of how we're looking at it. But the cool thing about it is both those meet in the middle. They meet in the middle yeah. somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. Know? And so it's like I think both are needed. And 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 like I don't have the patience to talk with politicians. I never have. I I don't I don't care for it. I I I, I for whatever reason. In me, I have a general, I have a built-in general mistrust of all those people. So sure. I just don't even so I just don't yeah. even waste any time with them. So what where I think I can make the most impact is if somebody asks me a question, really give them honest feedback and be thoughtful about it. Don't just don't just give them like some fluff answer. You know, like, hey, if you're interested in this lifestyle, I'm gonna give you the real answers and maybe provide you with some resources to go out and try it. And then everybody can tweak whatever lifestyle they want according to what they're comfortable with. No, nobody is gonna nobody has to go as far as we've gone. You know, especially with how long we've gone. I mean, there's people that would truck camp for a summer. The people do it for a year. I mean, talking five, six, seven years. That's that that eventually becomes like this is what I do indefinitely. You know, it's not like right. I'm, I'm doing this for a short period of time. So there's a little bit of a difference there. But 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 even if someone just goes from a large place to a smaller place, or maybe if they're in a two bedroom apartment, they say I'm going to pare down to a studio, and then what that does is that frees up more time for them 
So they don't have to make, they don't have to be working so much to make as much money to cover those bills. And so you and I both know from living this way, when you don't have to do that, you're able to do these other creative outlets that you just didn't even know existed inside of you. I never thought I'd be doing videos online or that anybody would even like them. Right. I never thought, I never thought people would like them. I thought, I thought is this will only be a channel for me and my friends and I'll show cool camping spots to them and just kind of put stuff up there. So, but that, that came from living this way of not being at an office 60 hours a week and being dead tired when I get home to have literally nothing left in the tank for anything else. And so what I hope is, is that during this time for people that are at home and being, you know, with the stay at home orders, maybe they're starting to think outside the box a little bit because they can't go to work. So you have all this free time throughout the day. You know, maybe they're using it productively. Some people aren't. Some people I see online are just getting drunk every day and <laughs> partying. If they want to, that's their call, but that's not how I choose to spend this time. Right. But, uh, but you know, I mean, I think, um, I think, I think what it is is each person that gets, that gets affected by this in some way may have an opportunity to change in, um, more of a minimalist fashion. And I agree with you. I think, I think our, our consumer's mindset of the convenience factor of if I order a package, a damn well better, better be here tomorrow and all this stuff, it's unrealistic. And it, it's, and it's like, we see how unrealistic it is when there's one blip in the supply chain, everything crumbles. And then now we're in the spot that we're in. So I don't know. I don't think that people will ever get over the I want it now mindset, but it might, it might happen. Yeah. And maybe I think that, that you and I having this discussion is a step forward. And, and I also, you know, if I were to challenge our audience and I do challenge our audience, I, I certainly went through a, um, an extended effort to identify my values, my new values, because of the shift that you and I made. And I think that that, if I could, if I could make, if I could make everybody do one thing in the country or in the world, I think it would be an honest values identification exercise. Mm -hmm. And then you know, and then it's like, okay, so how do I apply my values? I think it's one thing to like sit down, write a piece of paper about all these great things. Okay. Like that's the person that I want to be like, look at that, look at how great I want to be. But then it's mm -hmm. a totally different thing to actually apply those values and to yep. make decisions that, you know, it's like, let, let go of short-term gains for long-term satisfaction, you mm -hmm. know, and that's, that's really, that's the, that's the more difficult thing. You know, once we, once we properly identify our values, applying those values, using a tool like capitalism to apply our values, to put off a short-term gain for mm -hmm. any societal improvement. That's, that's where the rubber hits the road, I think in really making the changes that we need to um, yeah. or else, but it's such an uphill fight because I mean, we're all, we're, we're, it's like we're biologically designed to get that short-term fix, you know, yeah. whether it's a freaking little red like on, you know, a Facebook post or, you know, a subscriber number going up on, you know, like that stuff, you know, you get a chub over that, you know, it's just like, Oh, people like me, people think yeah. I'm smart. And, you know, that's where a sacrifice, a compromise of values is made that 
is the slow roll back or the, the quick roll back to, you know, this normal mm-hmm. um, level of society. So anyway, I'm not trying to be a downer, but. Um, no, 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 I, I know. But I mean, it's crazy times. And, the, you know, the one thing is, is that I've I've given in my mind, I've given everybody a break during this. Like if anybody's acting weird or if government's not acting right or whatever, it's like there's no blueprint for this. You know, yeah. So, I'm, I'm, I'm taking, of course, of course, I don't have any stresses right now. So it's easy for me to take an easy approach to this. You know, right. I, I, income's fine. Health is fine. Transportation's fine. Everything's fine in my world. The only thing is, is some certain camping areas are shut down. That's not a, that's not a problem. I don't have five miles looking at me wondering where dinner is. You know, I don't have, I don't have a mortgage payment coming up on the first, which is two days from now. Right. You know? But it's, so, but that's, but that's kind of by design, Brian. I mean, like, oh, of course it is. Of you, course, you don't, yeah, you don't have any, you don't have any worries right now. Yeah. And, and my worries are, are kind of at a minimal right now because by design mm-hmm. on a conscious intentional effort on, a, uh, you know, you and I have, have shifted things around and it's, yep. um, you know, I kind of feel like I found religion. I found, you know, like I, I, I found religion and, you know, I want everybody to get the good news. Like, like, dude, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, you've got you a truck camp. Dude, I've got, yeah, no, it's like minimalism. It's like the new religion right there. That's, yeah. that's my minimalism is my religion. Well, you know, the thing about it is, is what I'm noticing online and everybody's saying when I, when I'll post stuff up, they're like, man, it's not like a lot of a reoccurring thing. The freedom that you have right now, the freedom that you have right now. And I'm right. like, that's, that's what I, that's what I've always wanted. Yeah. So yeah. And you, and the same with you, you know, we both designed it like this, like you were saying. So yeah, no. And it's, uh, what like, just, just like all of our other podcast, podcast episodes, you and I are the saviors of the world, you know, we, we have, we, <laughs> and, and the best looking guys on the planet. We have all the answers, despite despite that right there, despite that nice double chin. Yeah, best go, best looking dudes right here. I offer the short package. You offer the tall package. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, you know, it's we've been meaning to catch up for a long time with this, so it's good to finally. I know. Let's let's do some more too. And I'm gonna do. I'm gonna. I may do some solo ones while I'm driving. I picked up. All right, so I ordered a drone, and with it, you have to have like some sort of phone in order as a screen, you know, on the controller. So I bought I, I bought an iPhone eight that's just unlocked, and so I'm not going to get it hooked up, but I'll have like the phone available. But it has awesome audio recording abilities, so I'm gonna I'm gonna record some solo episodes when I'm out on the road if I come across anything crazy and post it up. Hey, Craig, are you there? No, I think I lost Craig though. So I, uh, we're gonna go ahead and wrap up here. But y'all stay safe and healthy out there. And uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll have another episode up soon.